Ladies and gentlemen, the red light is on, the countdown is complete, both of which mean that we are indeed live, as live can possibly be for the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. It is Saturday night, I am Ben, he is Elio, and oh my god in heaven do we have a show for you tonight. You know, my frustration with WWE is at an all-time high, and I have recently been sent some information uh, in relation to some of these releases that has my blood boiling. Before before, before you get into that, I have to ask you, because you messaged me uh, before we went on the air. Why are you upset that they revealed Survivor Series teams? Because, God damn it, it, <laughs> it needs to be done on TV in meaningful matches. You know, the. Oh, the, the, didn't do this on TV. Oh, crap. They, they should have waited till Monday. <sighs> no. Dumbasses. Okay, now we, now, now we, now we understand. <clears throat> Because when he's on Twitter, I'm like, why are you all mad for? Because they do they uh, release because they, because no, okay, they now that makes they're sense. revealing the Survivor Series teams on Twitter when it should be done in a compelling fashion on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know again. Meaningful matches. I mean, good God. You could have an entire tournament to determine who gets into Survivor Series, which would help rebuild the prestige of fucking Survivor Series that we haven't seen since 1990 goddamn 8. Is there some clarity here? 1998. Anyway, yes, Deadly Games was fucking awesome. No, Don't argue. Well, well. Oh yeah, cause tournament. I get it. Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a great tournament. I enjoyed that one. Yes, especially um, but, come on, especially the theme song that they used. The Deadly Games. Absolutely, that was awesome. So you know, ladies and gentlemen, you're already getting the idea that this is going to be an extra ranty episode. But I have to tell you, I have no choice but to sit here and tell you the terrifying tale. That will forever be known henceforth as the Blade of Black Thursday. So I do hope indeed that you have your refreshments available at Orange Reach, just as my co-host does with his with his uh, insure and his Kit Kats. And it will be more compelling than Gilligan's Island's story. Uh, well, anyway, and it won't be three hours. Anything's more compelling. <laughs> well, God, I don't know if I can sit here for four hours. I got shit. I got <laughs> shit to do tomorrow. <laughs> God. But nonetheless, sit sit back and enjoy yourselves, and turn the volume down if your uh, if your ears are sensitive, because I am going to be extra loud to compensate. You will not believe this episode of the PNC Progressive Wrestling Podcast. As a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, I will go as far to say as I think that this will be one of the most compelling episodes we've ever recorded. So be prepared. And with that in mind, I will finally uh, officially pass things over 
to my esteemed co-host, Elio Canella, to give you the rundown of exactly what we got on the schedule for this evening. Elio, what you got for him? All right, so tonight we have, of course, Monday, Monday Night Raw. We have Dynamite, SmackDown, and Rampage in addition to that. We have our Time Warp where we will be taking a look at the best of women's matches. As well as um, one or two Memphis shows. Followed by, I found this earlier this week, uh, trivia. Roman Reigns trivia. I want to see how well my co-host knows Roman Reigns. Oh, the, the tribal chief will be very pleased, I feel like. And we, of course, close the... To close every show off with the wrestling roulette where I play 21 th- th- entrance themes by Cole's so I guess whose theme it is. Yes, and, and as of late, not to jinx myself, ladies and gentlemen, but as of late, I've actually done pretty well. Also, you know what I think? We also need to bring up that, the, that tweet that everyone's talking about. Uh, what tweet is that? From uh, Callisto. Oh, okay, yeah. Because uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, we we can do that. Yeah, I think you, I think you might want to have the sensor button ready. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it's uh, the same as uh, what we what I heard today. So it, it's good. Oh Lord! All right. So I said we into first of all, how was your week? Very slow because my uh, my parents are out of town and uh, my brother and I are slumming it by ourselves. Oh, where they go off to? Vacation? Uh, yeah, a little uh, mini vacation for their anniversary, so it's That's good right. stuff. That's cool. Very good. And it's always cool to have a house. I, lo- I love those uh, days and or nights when I have the house to myself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, oh, in addition to that, um, we also have, I watched uh, some movies, I'll rhyme them off, and then uh, I'll pick out the, the ones that I thought stood out for me. It's the only ones I'll, I'll uh, look at. Very, very good. You need, you need to develop at least a rant or two to compensate for what I'm about to spout off this evening. All right, so uh, we see we Monday Night Raw. You know, usually, Elia, when it when it gets to that time to re- to review Monday Night Raw, I start to cry. <laughs> I start to weep. I have to worry about electrical shortages in my equipment over in my office. Oh no! Uh, but but t- this week was a very refreshing change of pace. I actually thought, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, mark this down in the history of this show. Hold on. Monday Night Raw was a good show this week. Hold on. Saturday, November 5th, November 6th, Ben thinks that this week's episode of Monday Night Raw was good. There we go, mark it down. Absolutely. So, uh, with that being said, um, let's get into the highlights and lowlights of the show. Okay. So, 
this week, uh, let's see if once I can get down to the actual coverage. Okay, cool. So this week we we again I hate I hate this so much. Elio, what do you, what do you think uh, when they start raw with with like five minute long recaps? No, I don't want to see no recap. I, I hate recaps. Yes. Well, this week we get a recap of the Bianca versus Becky feud. Okay. And. Trust me, anything that reminds me of their SummerSlam debacle, I'm not interested in. But long story short, we get a WWE Raw Women's Championship match to kick off Monday Night Raw. So, I, love, I love this match. This is great. Yes. So right off the bat, I'm cautiously optimistic because you can't go wrong with Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch unless... It takes place at SummerSlam, and it's done in 26 seconds. But thank God we did not get a repeat of that on Monday Night Raw. So already, Monday Night Raw is off to a smashing start. So um, so we get a... This was actually a very... Um, a very good TV match. One of, one of the better ones I've seen recently. The the official time, according to what I'm looking at, uh, was 18 minutes and 38 seconds. Wow. So yeah, they they typically um, they typically don't go that long uh, in TV matches. But considering that this was uh, this was the match, it was. Yep. Um, I was very uh, I was very uh, happy with. This match overall. However, I do have a bone to pick. Uh-oh. Actually, two bones to pick, one of them being minor and one of them being major. Okay. So the minor one is that it ended with a roll-up. Yeah. After Becky shoved Bianca into an exposed turnbuckle. Now, now I get the exposed turnbuckle business um, I personally think that that's an overplayed finish in wrestling. I don't. I personally don't find that compelling, um, and I certainly don't find a roll up uh, with a handful of tights compelling uh, in professional wrestling anymore. But that's just me. But other than other than those uh, two minor uh, faults, this match was very very well. Uh, um, put together, and I enjoyed it. Um, you know, but, but the, the other thing that this makes me think is we all knew that this was the kind of match that, that Becky and Bianca were capable of producing, correct? Yeah. So, so being smart individuals that we are, wouldn't it make sense that this should have been their SummerSlam match to begin with? Yes. Because, look, I don't care what you say. SummerSlam is still the second biggest show on the professional wrestling calendar. I understand the arguments to the contrary, but I'm, I'm just speaking facts. 
Uh, you know, and and to me, if you if you paired Becky's return with this match at SummerSlam, it's it's a much more appealing outcome uh, for SummerSlam. Now, not and I would never bitch about this match taking place on on any. Uh, format in the WWE's calendar, but you know, it, it just, the timing of it strikes me as kind of weird. Um, but hopefully, hopefully this is a step in the right direction, and, and hopefully the, the, this means that they kind of um, recognized their mistake in uh, SummerSlam, and this was kind of their way to uh, to make things right. But um, yeah, this was this was definitely one of the more uh, fantastic openings of Monday Night Raw that I can remember seeing in quite a while. And Elio, you said you you like this match. Yeah. Very good. So, so that was one of the highlights. And then usually I wouldn't do this because this this isn't really a highlight or a lowlight, but I, I I have to ask you something, Elio, because I'm just curious. Um, what do you think of this whole um, Austin Theory getting into a feud with the Mysterios? I don't like it. You know, I, I can honestly see big things for Austin Theory in the future. Um, if he's handled correctly, um, but I, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of of Ray being used in this capacity. I mean, I understand it, but it's just I understand that he's being used to to put over the younger talent, and I understand that, but it it. It irritates me that he's being used to clean up his son's messes. And let's let's be honest, a slap isn't necessarily the way you want to stand up to somebody. Especially, I don't. This is just me, but I don't want to see a, a man slap another man. To me, that takes me completely out of the match. Yeah. I mean, if if two men are going to get into a fight, they're going to be looking to knock each other out with haymakers, not get into a slap fight worthy of patty cake. Oh, damn. So, so that was that was kind of annoying. And then um, my my other my other highlight for for this show was um, was Chad Gable versus uh, Finn Balor. You see, this is how Chad Gable needs to be used. And I, w- I would like to, I would like to see him get a few more victories because I feel like WWE doesn't emphasize him enough. Because let's face it, this guy is an Olympic um, level wrestler. Um, both literally and figuratively, and 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 goddamn, 
if you guys have been following this podcast for a while, you know full well how much I despised that Shorty Gable gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Or that, I'm sorry, the Shorty G gimmick. And, you know, I have to tell you the truth. I'm not too big of a fan of the Alpha Academy um, because I just find the pairing of Otis and um, of Otis and Gable to be non-compelling. But that being said, this is how Chad Gable needs to be used because if he can wrestle like this, I don't know why he's being bogged down with Otis. And I, I, look, I don't have a problem with Otis. It's just that, that you know, um, I'm, I'm no longer interested in him uh, in this capacity. I, they kind of ruined him for me when, when they were doing the um, Mandy Rose storyline, and then they just completely cuckolded him by taking her off the brand. Uh, with no resolution to the storyline. So that's just me, but hopefully with time, um, I'll get over that. Um, and then uh, low-lights-wise, low I, I have to tell you, um, this 24-7 garbage... I can't believe we're still doing this. It, it 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 needs to it needs to go, it really it really does. Okay, because we're we're in the middle of of a uh, promo with uh, with Apollo Cruz, and uh, you know I like Apollo Cruz. If he could be if he could get rid of Commander Aziz, I'd be happy as fuck. Just let Apollo Crews do his thing without Commander Dumb Dumb. <laughs> I, I, I really don't understand this. Um, so that that was a that was a low light along with um, the twenty four seven garbage. I really I really just don't care. But o- overall, ladies and gentlemen, I have to say. Um, the, the main event with Kevin Owens was also a highlight. Um, I want to see more of Kevin Owens being used in this capacity. His, his booking has been entirely uh, too much hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to see him in the upper card championship picture. Um, but with... All things considered, this was a very solid episode of uh, Monday Night Raw and a very refreshing change of pace. I'm going to give you one low light. Super Brutality versus Carmella and Queen Zelina. Well, you know, uh, and, and there's a reason I didn't mention that because it's not worthy of being mentioned, quite frankly. Uh, you know, what, can you believe... How far Rhea Ripley has fallen since she got "quote unquote" promoted to the main roster? Yep, it, it, is, it is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and and the other the other thing too, Elio, and you know maybe I'm in the minor, minority here. I know that 
that Nikki uh, A.S. Asia's gimmick is not geared for people like you and me. It's geared for children. Uh, and, and maybe I'm being a tad bit dramatic for entertainment's sake, so hopefully you'll excuse me. But her gimmick scares the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I thought my I thought my profile pictures do that. I I really don't understand when she gets on the mic and starts talking about believing in yourself and all this other stuff. My skin crawls. But I thought that's what my profile pictures were for. Well, you know, Nikki Nikki Cross, aka Nikki Ash, is taking your job away from you because holy shit! Damn. Damn. <laughs> no, no, actually, I have, I do have another one. I don't know if this was near low lights, but Damien Priest and T Bar. I don't understand why that's even a thing, and what what I mean what I mean is why it why is T-Bar, a.k.a. T-Bag, um, still, still going with this gimmick. Wasn't he... Isn't Retribution over with? Yeah. Isn't, isn't Mace over on SmackDown? Yep. Uh, so with those two things, uh, Retribution and T-Bag's presentation there within um, should be completely done with. And... Um, you know, I've done this a couple of times, but once again, I am going to waive the petition to bring back Dominic Dijakovic. Why the fuck was he switched to T-Bag? You know, by the way, by the way, by the way, my brother's outside the door, and he's probably wondering why the fuck I'm screaming T-bag at the top of my <laughs> Are we going to run in? <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> All right, so is that so? That's it for my night, Ron. Yes, sir. All right, so now we're going to move over to AEW Dynamite. Okay, Ben, what do you got for your low points of diamonds? Um, oh, let me, um, you know what, how about you do yours first, because I gotta pull the the card up. Okay, so for my low points, I'm going with MJF's promo. What? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh. MJF <laughs> needs to shut up, he says he's, he's a great wrestler, well... He he doesn't hardly ever wrestle, so it's like just stop. That hurts my heart. Why? You, you I hate MJF. <laughs> I can't stand him. I love MJF. Oh my god! I don't know what's matter. You know what? I must be running a fever. <laughs> no. MJ fever. There we go. Well, you know, guilty as charged because I love that man. I don't know why. What is it about him? I don't understand. Not just you, but like, uh, like, just like fans in general. What is it about him? I don't, I don't get it. He just—he's just a classic douchebag heel, but he does it in a much more entertaining fashion. He's not entertaining. He's in. Ah, uh, no, I don't know. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ben's last show. 
Oh, fuck you. No, it's not. I am the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, god damn it. <laughs> this is Ben's last show. That's it. Um, applic- applications will be uh, sent out to the wrestling community. Oh, please. You know, you know you love me. You know you would hate to do this show without me. I am this show. Deal with it. Okay, and Batista. And let's move on. Yes, give me what I want. Give me MJF's props on behalf of the BNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. No. Give me what I no. want. <laughs> <laughs> My my other light, okay, this one, actually this one fits perfectly with uh, the tweets that everyone saw about that Kalisto put out. So my other light is uh, the Inner Circle American Top Teams promo. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I've actually seen, um, tweets online about how um, people loved that segment, and I gotta tell you, it made me cringe. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't. I'm. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Chris Jericho's anymore after what uh, he he said. Um. Yeah. Something about a five way with um with um Paige Van Zandt. Well, that, but also um. Also, I'm, I'm referring to the tweet that Kaliso put out. Oh, oh, yes. Um, and if, um, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but the, the basic um, gist of it was um, uh, the wrestler formerly known as Kaliso, now uh, Samurai Del Sol, yep. if, I'm, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yep, Samurai Del Sol. Um, he made his uh, AEW debut, and at, either before or after the match, I think it was after, he tweeted that he had um, prayed and spoken to John, uh, a.k.a. Brody Lee, about his impending debut, and... Um, and you know, giving giving credit to him uh, for um, you know for seeing him through his debut. And I um, I didn't have a problem with the tweet whatsoever. Um, but apparently, uh, numerous people, uh, including uh, including Chris Jericho and Amanda Huber. Uh, John, uh... Ben? Yeah. Okay, I have the tweet up in front of me. Yeah, why don't you read exactly what it said? Okay, it said, Prayed and talked to John, prayed and talked to John Brody Lee before my match. Thank you for showing, for showing me your home, AEW, and giving me the strength and energy I needed today. Forever you're in my heart, hermano. And then Chris Jericho replied with, You spelled his name wrong. Referencing uh, uh, Kaliso spelling John J O H N. Yeah, I you know, and that's the thing. Um, I don't think that that's a big deal whatsoever. 
Um, and um, for them to make a big deal out of that when uh, when he was just saying something nice about him, it's not like it's not as if he was insulting him. Um, and Chris you know, Jericho spelled Eddie Guerrero's name wrong. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that. He put up. He spelled it E D D Y, which is how he spelled it in WCW, but not outside of wrestling. I actually no E D D Y is the is the correct spelling. Um, it it is. No, um, I always uh, know it as E D D I E. No, I, no, I, no, I know, but that's like the the Americanized version of it. If if you look it up, um, I I believe it was E D D Y. Uh, so, Kaliso uh, actually responded to Jericho's uh, tweet. And what did he say? But he said, "My emotions got the best of me," and like he then he put, posted a folded hands emoji and a fist emoji and sunglasses emoji. Well, you know, and I and I don't know, I don't know why he felt compelled to apologize. Um, you know, this world is just so full of shit and, you know, in terms of political correctness and whatever, um, you know, now you have to be careful when you're complimenting somebody. I mean, Jesus Christ, it it was a typo for, you know, get over yourselves. This is where we are in 2021. I just don't understand. Yep. You know, he was saying something nice, okay? He was giving credit where it was due to Brody Lee. Everybody, and and I mean no disrespect to to his, to, to Brody Lee's um, widow when I say this, but, but the, fact, the fact that she let this go, it's a little bit eyebrow raising. And if it, if it was... If it was anybody else, and I will say this is about Jericho, and you know I love Jericho, but in this regard, can we please shut the fuck up and move on? Yep. This was such a small thing, and like it, it blew up into something that there is no way that this was necessary for it to be this way. I know I think uh, the entire wrestling community is actually like going after Jericho. Because, uh, which is good. Well, yeah, he needs to feel a little bit of heat. It's ridiculous. But anyway. So those are my uh, two uh, lowlights. Do you have your... uh, Yes. Okay. Yes. So my the American Top Team Inner Circle Confrontation... That is gonna be so bad next Saturday night. It's just like why? Why is this a thing? Yep. They're not rest. I mean, look, they're not wrestlers. They're MMA fighters. I mean, and all due respect to MMA fighters, I love MMA, but you know, this is this is not your world. Yeah. And, and and the fact. The fact that Dan Lambert, of all people, is the most compelling thing about this storyline. And apparently, he's the he's the last their last selection. Yeah, 
And it just was ridiculous. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> so, so then, then my other low light is, um, is the, the aftermath of Jamie Hader versus, uh, versus Anna J. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that. That whole well, one. One, the match sucked. Yeah, the match two. Although, although, and she did look good. Well, she always looks good. It's impossible her for her not to look good. You know, <laughs> Jungle Boy is a lucky son of a bitch. But that, that being said, after the fact, uh, Britt Baker, Jimmy Hater, and uh, and. Reba and company. I still, I still, I still say Britt Baker doesn't need Reba if she's got a Jamie Hater, but nonetheless. So after all this, um, you know they're they're beating down Anna Jay, and here comes Tay Conti to make the to make the save. Tay Tay to the rescue. Okay, but but then. Then after all of the hullabaloo calms down, we we get a promo with Jade Cargill, which this is okay. I I I thought the whole Jamie Hater versus versus Anna J was bad. You know, not that it was terrible, but just unnecessary. You know, it was just kind of a way to fill up time. But this, this this thing is fucking ridiculous. So, so she is trying to build up a um, a match with with Velvet and uh, with Red Velvet, and they are going to have said match because um, Red Velvet won her qualifying match on on Rampage, which I will um, I'll be interested to get your take on that in a minute. Um, but we have uh, we have Jade backstage wearing a top hat made out of Big Bird. Let me let me say that say, again. Say, yeah, say it again. What? She she was wearing a hat made out of Big Bird. Big Why Bird. Why is this on? Oh, oh wait, wait, wait! Like Big Bird Sesame Street, Big Bird. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, because I was thinking the same thing. Why is this on my TV? Um, but uh, but but my but another highlight is um is Cody Rhodes versus Andrade. I thought that was very good. Okay. Um, and uh. Yeah, that's all I got for um, for highlights. Okay. For hi- for highlights and lowlights. Okay, for, for my highlights, I've got. Uh, I liked that opening match, Omega and um, Ellen Angels. I I understand that, but I I was a little I was a little bit confused by that because when when it started, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a squash match. And then as it got going, I'm, I'm, I was confused because I'm like, why is Alan Angels getting so much offense in on the AEW World Champion? 
Yeah, because apparently uh, they kept talking about it during the match that he they already uh, had a match last year during the pandemic. Okay, well I must have missed that because it, this whole this whole thing was was kind of over my head a little bit. And I also have FTR versus Samurai Del Sol and Aerostar as a highlight. CM Punk's promo because like for once it wasn't about him that like, he was like. He what he said uh, he'd rather hear the fans chant for John Moxley. Yeah, that and and actually, you know what? That I can't believe I forgot that. Um, that was my ultimate highlight for him to say what he said about um, about John Moxley. That was a classy move, and I actually I actually tweeted about that right after it happened. That's my ultimate highlight. And uh, also, there's uh, the, that mural promo. Did you catch uh, one part that he uh, that during that promo, he said about making her proud. Uh, yeah, like uh, when so he I'm ta- like, hmm, Lana. But he he might have been talking about Mother Nature because remember he, he said that, like he was God's favorite champion. This is true. So he he might have been talking about Mother Nature. This is true. You never in a row though. Because when, and I say that because whenever he's talking about his wife, it's always like in a sexual fashion. Like it's it's it, and if even if it's not, it's like it's very obvious he's talking about his wife. Yeah. All right, so, so um, that those are my highlights and the lights for AEW. Um, now we'll move on to Rampage. <laughs> Very good. Moving right, right along here to if, effective clip as I readjust my headphones. Um, let's see. Uh, rampage. Here we go. Um, so, in my opinion, this was the best episode of Rampage that I think I've ever seen. Um, and uh, my, my ultimate highlight was the promo between CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. Yep. That was amazing. And if there's one thing that you have to watch from this episode, because come come to find out they're going to go uh, one-on-one at full gear. Yeah. I will be purchasing full gear just to see that match, okay? And they just started teasing this um, last um, Wednesday. On, Wednesday on this uh, on this last episode of uh, Dynamite. Of yep. Dynamite. Um, because Eddie Kingston inter- interrupted the backstage promo for Punk. Um, you know, and and on the surface, I'm like, well, why are you only? Um, why are you only leaving us two weeks built with this match of all things? But then I'm then I'm like, why am I bitching about this? We're we're getting uh, we're getting Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. So fuck yes, <laughs> sign me up for that immediately. Take my money now. Let me get my seat, my popcorn, and my peanut M&Ms, and I will be happy as a motherfucker sitting down and watching this match. You, yes, you, sir. Why you miss something? How about you might have to do? Well, because 
Because the Mountain Dew is a foregone conclusion. Oh, okay. Although, although right now, right now, I must confess, I'm not drinking Mountain Dew. I'm actually drinking tea. I'm trying to be somewhat, you know, responsible. Um, All right, William Regal. But anyway, yeah, yes, it, it, yes, it's tea time with Ben Pierce. See, I, I, but I have to do something to like kind of counteract the, the ranting. You know, I, I need the calming sensation of my tea. I, All right. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you're making me. You're making me go all weird. PNC exclusive. <laughs> exactly. All right. So what else we? Uh, what else do you have for Rampage? And then, um, I also uh, really enjoyed um, Adam Cole versus John Silver for the main event. You know, this is not a match that I expected, quite frankly, um, because th- they are on you know on different levels of the card. But uh, let me tell you something: don't sleep on Johnny Hungy now, because Budge, as he's now um, elected to be known, is one hell of a professional wrestler. Where did they get this from? I. I- I I don't know, but I will not budge in my assessment that Budge sucks as a nickname. Let me sucks. tell you. Let me tell you something. I on Tubi, I was watching one of the wrestling uh, videos they have on there. Right. And they, I, I've seen Alex Reynolds and John Silver in CCW. I've seen there. They had a couple of the matches from CCW on this uh, one video, and uh, went they were known as the Beaver Boys. Oh god, well that's even worse than Budge. <laughs> <laughs> but they were good. Boys. But they were good. Well no, it, it doesn't surprise me because you know, John Silver was right there set for set with Adam Cole and that says and that's saying something because Adam Cole is one of the best professional wrestlers hands down. So I was, um, to me, that was a breakout moment for John Silver. Um, and, um, and you know, usually I don't like uh, comedy gimmicks. You know, you've heard me say that with Orange Cassidy and a few other um, individuals on the AEW roster, um, most notably the Yog Bucks. I don't, I don't like the the super elite from from the comedy perspective. In ring, yeah, I can, I can, I can watch that all day long. But the the comedy thing with the, you know, with the earrings and the stupid outfits and the hats and the feminine shoes and the fuck off with all that shit. <laughs> I, you know, I don't care. Um, but um, but yeah, if so. Two things that you need to watch from Rampage um, on uh, this past Friday um, was um, was the promo between CM Punk and uh, Eddie Kingston and the main event. Oh yeah, and Brian Danielson kicked kicked the crap out of uh, Boombox Boy Anthony Bowens. So, so I got I got half of my wish. I want him to kick the shit out of Max Caster, but at least we got Boom Boombox Boy to shut the fuck up. 
Are you, gonna, you, you don't like uh, the acclaimed? No. No. I, I, I liked him, but at the same time, I don't like him. Because, because to, to, now, to me, to me, Anthony Bowen is like a, a knockoff, uh, you know, John Cena from 2003. It's like, shut the fuck up. Please. And especially... Especially after he made those like really weird comments about, you know, about doing certain things with women. I'm not going to say the word on on oh, air oh, because I'm. Is that Max Caster? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm just not interested. So, but anyway, um, let's uh, switch gears here and. Oh, I'm so sorry, Elio. Usually, usually the sound of voice is reserved exclusively for Monday Night Raw, but at least for once, I don't have to review the shitty show of the week. Let's move to Elio and his take on Friday Night SmackDown. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this real quick, right? Because I already have my notes written down here. So let me just pull these notes up. If my phone just cooperates and stop locking up. Alright, so my high points. I gave to the Roman Reigns promo at the beginning of the ma- of the show. Absolutely. As well as a Jimmy Uso and um, King Woods match. I agree completely. And also the Shotzi Blackheart backstage promo. No, I'm not. I, I I'll disagree with you there. Oh, but okay. for the for the Roman Reigns and, and the Bloodline stuff, I agree. And uh, for low points, I went with Happy Talk. Anytime Baron Corbin's on my screen, and Madcap Moss or whatever, I don't care. Yeah. And how far have the Viking Raiders fallen? Thank oh. you, thank you. You took the sentence word for word out of my mouth. Are you a mind reader now? <laughs> no. I, I love you. I absolutely, You have redeemed yourself on the MJF bullshit. This, this is tremendous. You're, you're, we're telepathic now. Uh, you know, because I'm, I'm right there with you. No, so also told me about Chelsea Blackheart. Um... I, I just think that it come, it came off as incredibly forced. I don't I don't buy her as a heel at all. I don't. Um, you know, uh, her entire presentation up to this point, you know, has been uh, you know fan friendly and she's uh, you know the heavy metal chick and you know and the tattoos and all that. And, you know, we've heard very touching stories about, um, about her father and all, and all this other stuff. I, and, and, and that makes me, um, that makes me identify with her as a human being. Now, I understand that this is professional wrestling. They'll get it twisted. Um, but it's just, I don't buy Shotzi Blackheart as a heel at all. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it some time to see like how this uh, goes before like I I see whether it's working or not. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are our shows. So we got through the week in wrestling. Now we're gonna move on to the fun stuff, Ben. 
Alright, um, first of all, fans, we'll be back in a few minutes, so stay tuned. Alright, Ben, it's time for Time Warp. Oh, yay, the fun stuff begins. Alright, so, um, this week we have two shows. We have one from Memphis and another one, the best of women's matches. I wouldn't say this is the best because some of the matches on here were long and uh, slow moving. So, um, we see we get that went out of the way first and then we'll go over to Memphis. Absolutely. So in this first match, we had La Viuda Negra versus La Bella Carina. Never heard of either one of them. Now, these are two Mexican wrestlers. Bayacarina defeats La Viuda Negra. That's Spanish for the Black Widow. Very good. Now, okay, I'm not a fan of this. Women wrestlers, uh, when the ones women wrestlers wearing masks, I'm not a fan. Why is that? I don't know. I just feel like they don't need to wear the mask. I I, I associate that more with the luchadors. Yeah, but maybe they were doing it because they're, you know, they're both Mexican, so that it's still part of the tradition. I mean, it's possible. Um, okay, and in the second match, we have Wendy Richter and Leilani Kai. So we had Wendy Richter defeating Leilani Kai. This was the first of their early matches that they've had that they had from the Sam Houston Coliseum. Very cool. Alright, and next we had a best two out of three falls with two more Mexican wrestlers. Day. 
All right, so on Pantera de Serena defeats Estela Molina. Two more uh, Mexican wrestlers. And then, of course, we had a couple of uh, some other matches uh, which didn't have any commentary. We had Debbie Combs. Have you ever heard of that name? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, she was a big name in the 80s. Uh, and she defeated Donna Day. Then we had Wendy Richter defeating Princess Victoria. And from 1987... To close out the show, we have Missy Hyatt defeating Dark Journey. This was oh, a, a, a feud that was bigger than UWF in the 80s. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I don't think I ever saw Missy Hyatt as a wrestler. I think I only saw her as a valet. Well, she was also in the WBF for like a week. Yeah, that was that was weird. I never, I, I remember that, but I don't, I don't recall why she was only there for a week. Yeah, and uh, she apparently had her own like talk show because she had Randy Savage and Elizabeth on there. I think I saw the video up on YouTube. Uh, I'll have to go check that out. All right, our second, our second time warp. We're going to to Memphis, March nineteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Once again, before I was even born. <laughs> All right, so here, here we start with an interview with Jerry Jarrett presenting Lance Russell with an award for the for being voted best announcer in the country for the fourth year in a row. And then we get an update on Jerry Lawler after having a fireball thrown in his face, courtesy of Eddie Gilbert, followed by Eddie Gilbert defeating Alan Reynolds in 11 seconds with a knockout punch. Very cool. Yeah, I remember the fireball spot. And then we have an interview with Eddie Gilbert saying Lawler and Dundee are gone forever and Steve Kern is next. So... Building up to a feud with Steve Kern, who you might know better as Ben. Yeah. Who you might know better as who? I don't know. Skinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then we have a brawl breaking out between Jerry Jarrett and Tommy Gilbert. This was one of the biggest feuds in 88, the Gilberts and the Jarretts. So, Tommy Gilbert holds Jarrett's arms in place as Eddie Gilbert throws uh, yet another fireball in Jerry Jarrett's face. Uh, he, was, he was quite the pyromaniac, wasn't he, that I'm Eddie telling, Gilbert? I'm telling you, he was a pyromaniac before Kane. Jeez. Then we had tag team action. Tommy and Doug Gilbert defeating Doug Dancing and Scotty the Body. Uh, Gilbert with a powerbomb for the three counts. I always thought the powerbomb was an underrated finisher. Then we have an Eddie Marlin interview talking about his feud with Tommy Gilbert. So everyone's feuding with the Gilberts. They are not well liked at this time. Clearly not. And then we had more tag team action. Kenny Wayne and Ricky Nelson defeating Rough and Reddy. Wayne uh, hits a German suplex for the three counts. Then we have the weekly segment, Quiet Time with Brother Ernest. Oh, God. <laughs> Hold on, I never asked you, Ben. I sent you that video of Brother Ernest, Angel. Did you watch it? 
Yeah, I did. What'd you think? Uh, he was, he was, actually, he was vastly more entertaining than Brother Love. Or, tell, uh, tell, tell you, Brother Love, they showed up, I believe, in September, so like, yeah, he was Brother Love before Brother Love was Brother Love. Exactly. Say that three times fast, and then we had six-man tag team action. Terry Adonis, Don Bass, and Brickhouse Brown defeating Ken Raper and the Zebra Warriors. Brickhouse Brown with a headbutt for the three count. Zebra Warriors. Good lord. You can tell that this was in the 80s, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and then in the main event we had Max Payne and Gary Young defeating the Bruce Brothers with some help from Brother Ernest and the good book. Oh, God, the good book. That's funny. It was a bit of a love called his book. Or do you know what he called his book? No. Brother Love called his book the book of love. How lame is that? Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you know, Bruce Pritchard was lame back then. He's lame now. Nothing really changes. No, he's just terrible. Okay, now. Ben, we're going to move on to some trivia, because I found some Roman Reigns trivia for you. Yes, and then, and then after the trivia and the, um, and the uh, um, roulette, I have one more thing I'd like to cover. But, uh, oh, we'll, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll do this stuff first. So we also have, uh, outside my list of movies that, uh, I'll, otherwise, you know what? We can do the list, uh, we can do one or two, we don't have to go through all of them this week. No, we can, we can still do it, I just want to cover one more thing. Oh, okay, okay. let me just uh, grab, okay, here we go. Now we have a total of five, six questions. Alright, so Ben, are you ready? Yeah. At what event did Roman Reigns win the Universal title? Payback, Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania, or Royal Rumble? Um, well, I don't, I don't think it was WrestleMania. I don't think it was Royal Rumble. I like to say Payback. Payback. Which team crowned Reigns at Hell in a Cell 2020? The Head Shrinkers, the Wild Samoans, the Usos, or none of the above? The Wild Samoans. The Wild Samoans. That, that was an awesome moment. Uh, now, who did, Roman spear, who did Roman Reigns spear through a barricade at Survivor Series 2020? Bobby Lashley, Edge, Jey Uso, or Drew McIntyre? I want to I wanna say that that was uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. And who did Reigns run over with the golf cart at Royal Rumble 21? Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Edge, or Happy Corbin? I wish it was Happy Corbin, but <laughs> I don't think Happy Corbin was around just quite yet. I think that's a very new gimmick. Um, but the answer is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. And the last question. Who did Roman Reigns pin at WrestleMania Backlash? Edge, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, or Seth Rollins? It was, um... 
I'm I'm trying I'm trying to to remember. I think it I think it would have been Kevin Owens. So I, I think they had another match. It was either Kevin Owens or Cesaro, but I think it was Kevin Owens. So your final answer? Yeah. The answer is Cesaro. Oh no. All right, but so th- that I is. I still did pretty uh, good though. No, you did pretty good. So that's uh, your trivia for for the week. Okay, would you uh, want to cover? So um, we have to cover uh, these releases. Oh, I thought uh, we. I thought that. Okay, yeah, I know we have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let me uh, pull up the t- the tweet because I ha- I have the n- names in front of me. Oh, here we go. Let me get the name. Okay, go on. Um, and uh, I'm just gonna pull up the names myself. You know, um, it, it always it always sucks when people lose their jobs. I don't want to lose sight of that. Um, but I also think that uh, a lot of these um, release reactions are over the top because I thought they just did budget cuts. What what, what is wrong with this company that they that they still feel need to do budget cuts? Well, and and you want you want to hear something like really ridiculous? Okay. Uh, I have a buddy who sent me um, their quarterly earnings because, coincidentally, um, WWE just had their uh, quarterly earnings call, I believe, for the third quarter. Okay. And in the third quarter, they made $265 million. Now, multiply that by four... And that is their approximate yearly earnings. Sorry, $265 million? Yeah. Times four. One billion sixty one $1,060 million? Yeah, I didn't even know how to pronounce that number. It was, it was so big. But that's the way I'm looking at it. $1,060 million. Yeah. So wow. it, 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 it's something else, and um, and you know, I on one hand, I want to address it as a business move because a lot of these names. This is gonna make me sound like an asshole, but a lot of these names are not marquee names. Um, but then again, the ones that are, who got released, three of them in particular, uh, four if you include a valet, really piss me off. Mm-hmm. And once I go down this list, I'm betting you'll be able to pick out the ones that piss me off. So let me go down the list and then we'll see if, uh if Elio can pick out the three that pissed me off the most. Uh, I see we did that. We're going to play another little game, okay? <laughs> yeah, well, well, you always make me play games, so I'm going to make you play one. All right. Um, so we got we got Mia Yim, Harry Smith. That one's surprising. Yeah. 
Uh, Nia Jax. Eva Marie. I don't care. B-Fam. Mm. I think that's just weird because they just called her up. They just called Hero up to the main roster. Yeah. Carrying Cross and Scarlet. I'm guessing those two. Uh, yeah. Well, you're right. Keith Lee. I'm guessing that as well. Yes. See, you're so smart. Uh, Grand Metal League and Wednesday Dorado. Or Dorado. That was for, actually Grand Metal League requested his release. So, uh, so well, that one isn't too surprising because he wanted to out. Well, well, I don't blame him. Who would want to work for this fucking company unless your name is, is you know, uh, Roman Range or some shit. Um, then we got Katrina Cortez. Oh, I'm so sorry for Electra. Okay. Ember, Mo- Ember Moon. I'm guessing that's another one. Yes. You got him all right. My man. My boy. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I even did a little dance just now. Um, then we got uh, Frankie Monet. That Frank- was another surprise. Because what the hell? She just saw the championship match against Raquel Gonzalez. Well, I, I I'm not really surprised by that one, but we'll 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 get into we'll get into each one in more detail once we get through the entire list. Okay. Uh, Trey Baxter. Don't care. Uh, I don't even know this guy. Jeet Rama. Uh, Trey Baxter is was part of NXT 2.0. Well, I know I know Trey Baxter, but I don't know Jeet Rama. Oh, he was another one that was part of 2.0. Oni Lorcan. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, Zeta Ramirez and Jesse Kamea. You know what? Uh, who's uh, Zeta Ramirez? I don't know if I've seen her. I I, I I saw her once or twice. Okay. So so let's go through some. Is she, some no, of hold on. Is she is she any good? What like what is this? He was more of an enhancement talent, but I had seen her. Alright. So let's go through some of these names. First, let's start with the positive. Eva Marie. No, no, no. Thank the Lord. No, no, Ben, no. It's Eva Marie. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I I should inject my voice more enthusiasm (laughs) given her release. Excuse me. Eva Marie! There you go. Very good, Steve. The extra emphasis on Marie! The falsetto. Very nice. Anyway, um, she sucked. The fact that she was even brought back a second time, the most compelling thing that she ever did was when she had a wardrobe malfunction on SmackDown. Give me a break. Good God. You know, but it's just like, you know, how did did she still have a job when all these other people were getting released? So I was very happy with Eva Marie. I don't have a problem with her as a person, but as a wrestler, she needs to stay the fuck away from me. Okay. 
Speaking of another one that I'm very happy about, but I also have have some news regarding her. Okay. Nia Jax. Okay. I think I know what, what your news is. Can we just discuss momentarily while I pull the rest of the stuff up how overdue this firing is? Okay. She... I'm I'm quite serious. I'm not joking. She was in the company for a period of seven years. And how many people did she damn near injure in the ring? I know she did. She uh, broke Becky Lynch's nose. No, she uh, she, uh, injured, uh, what's her, Kyrie Zane with that buckle bomb. Yeah, and and she injured... um, wasn't she the one that, uh, didn't she injure Charlotte once? I don't she know, she might have. I, I remember the, the one thing, one match I remember that one they had, like, a couple of weeks back when they were, like, really hitting each other and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I'm just, I can't tell you how happy I am that Nia Jax is done. She was one of the worst, if not the worst, professional wrestler I've ever seen. It was it was terrible. Plus, to me, she just came off like a, like a bitch. But also, um, also, also, um, there's other reason why she might have gotten cut as well. And what's that? Because she refused to get her vaccine. They're saying. Well, and that, and that's that's part of what I'm getting ready to read. So, in in response to um, her release, Nia um, Jax released a statement, which I have, if you don't mind me reading it. Okay. She, she said, and I quote: "I usually keep my personal life private, but yesterday's reports leave me with no option but to clarify matters." I recently took a short leave of absence uh, from WWE for a mental health break. I've been working through so much, more than I can share, and so I took some time with the full support of the company to take care of myself. She goes on to say, "Earlier Earlier this week, after WWE sent me my schedule to return to the ring for the November 15th show, I asked for an extension to my medical health break, um, feeling that I needed more time and hoping I would have the ongoing support of the company. Uh, I have I have given all my life for the past seven years. I did not receive a response. The next I heard, I was being released. Um, my vaccination status was never mentioned. I wasn't given any... Uh, Choices or options. Uh, pardon me while I fix my headphones. Nia Jackson's bullshittery just so it's so staggering. Um, she said it, it it breaks my heart uh, to be so abruptly let go uh, without consultation. Why would they consult you before they release you? They don't do that. <laughs> um. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that my own opinion leaking in? I'm sorry. Um, so, um, 
She, she finishes up by saying, uh, hold on, let me get the thing back up. My phone went black. Okay. Wait, don't, don't, don't they usually uh, tell you you're fired? Or they send you, like, a paper? Um, apparently. I, I don't know. But it, let me, let me finish reading the statement. Okay. Um, so she finishes up by saying, it breaks my heart to be so abruptly like a without consultation when dealing with so much privately. I love my career at WWE. I love the men and women I work with, and I am going to need time to process this huge loss. I appreciate those people who have shown understanding and compassion during an incredibly difficult time. Now, now, um, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, did you say something? Because I had fall asleep. But why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, bravo uh, uh, to you, sir, because I, and I, I, I responded to my friend who just sent me this, and I, I said, you know, if, if this is true, WWE's got a problem on their hands, because if, if she brings up the, the mental health problem, they're, in return, they're going to have a PR problem. Um, and, uh, but what's even more of a PR problem, in my opinion, is if her vaccination status played a role in her release, because, um, you know, people have varying opinions on, um, on the, the vaccination. Uh, you know, I personally have both of mine, um, but it's, it's also my opinion that it's wrong to force people to get it to maintain employment. Um, unless you're a hospital or some sort of medical facility. That, that point I can understand, but not, not in uh, any other uh, line of work. Um, did, you know, hold on, hold on. Did, you get, did you get yours? Yeah, I did. Your third one. No, I know I I'm not eligible for the booster shot yet. So, I don't... Okay, uh, so I can tell you right now when when yeah, when you were telling me the other week uh, how the uh, how, uh, you were asking me how the show was going with the upload, and I said I I, I still have to do it because I was f- sleeping. Yeah, dude, I, f- I I felt sick for like uh, two two days uh, with a stomach ache and a headache. Yeah, well, I, um, like I said, I haven't had my booster shot yet, but I, um, I felt really sick after I got my, uh, second one. And I can't believe, I don't know, I don't know how true this is, you're talking about the fourth one, I'm like, no, no, I'm done, that's it. How far, how much, how many, how much, when is it enough? Yeah, well, that's my question. Um, but, you know, getting, getting back to these, uh, to these releases... You know, let's talk about Keith Lee and Karrion Cross and Scarlet in particular. They just repackaged Keith Lee. They just brought him back. <laughs> what are you doing? I have no freaking idea oh. how stupid somebody has to be to release talent the likes of Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. Also, I was reading that apparently he had attitude issues backstage. Who, Keith Lee or Karrion yeah, Cross? Yeah, no, Keith Lee. 
I I haven't heard about that. Um, I and heard. Then I, then I was reading that like around on Bleacher or something like that. Well, I I can't really speak to that because I didn't see that report. The only report that I saw um, was when he was um, debunking rumors about his health status. Okay. Because he was originally taken off the road the first time because he came down with COVID. Mm -hmm. And then then in, from what I understood, in the process of getting treated for COVID, they discovered a larger health issue with his heart, which led to the extended absence. Okay. um, Before he was repackaged. And then, and then when he came back as Bearcat Lee, um, people were saying that he was paying tribute to a former boxer slash wrestler known as Bearcat uh, Junior, which he, which he only recently debunked on Twitter. Um, and it's interesting that you um, should mention that he had attitude issues because I hadn't heard that. But the, the report is right here on the website that I'm looking at. So let me read uh, let me read this live on the air. According to Wade Keller of Pro Wrestling Torch, uh, Keith Lee was frustrated with WWE prior to his release from the company on Thursday. No shit. Uh, the larger statement goes on to say, uh, Keith Lee, who I, who I have chronicled for months and months and months, uh, and months and months and months. That That's pretty funny. It literally says that in the statement. Uh, let me just re- reread that for entertainment's sake. That was pretty funny. Keith Lee, who I've chronicled for months and months and months and months and months, was somebody that even people that were rooting for him behind the scenes became frustrated with him. Uh, he just had, in general, attitude issues that's why that's why that's why I was talking about that yeah, part. Well, well, this is the first time I'm reading this, so this is interesting. Okay. I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad I saw this while we were actually talking about it. Uh, he just had in general attitude issues, or as one wrestler told me tonight, uh, perceived attitude issues. Uh, hedging a little bit, others have said outright attitude problems, and he just was frustrated. I've heard different things about him in terms of his mood being altered way more than it should be in the modern era about being asked to do a job. So that's interesting. Uh, once again, I confess that this was the first time I've heard that. Um, but, you know, just from just from a uh, on-screen and uh, wrestling capability... Um, you know, as soon as Keith Lee came into NXT, I was like, oh, my God, this this dude has everything it takes to be one of the biggest stars in the company. And I had said I had said that even when he was with ROH uh, prior to coming into WWE, um, you know, so it so it's it's very frustrating that they couldn't figure out something to do. Uh, with somebody the caliber of, of Keith Lee. But but the second that he came on to the main roster, you know, in my opinion, the writing was on the wall. You know, it, it was like, 
You know, because the second they changed everything about his NXT presentation, I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. And then to me, the final nail in the coffin was the Bearcat Lee and the purple claw marks and all this stupid shit. You know, because everything about Keith Lee's presentation in NXT was fucking perfect. I don't I don't know what had to be changed about that. Um but um but you know so it's it's a negative for WWE, um, you know, and what and what seems to be a constant stream of negatives. Um but you know, even, even more than Keith Lee, I am furious over the release of Canyon Cross and Scarlet. And let me explain why. Because them together as a presentation, the way that they were handled in in um, NXT, may arguably be the most perfect presentation that I have seen in at least a decade and a half. I could pot. I will even go as far to make the argument. That that Canyon Cross and Scarlet were as perfect a presentation as Kane was when he came in in 1997. To me, those two were absolutely perfect together. Um, and as soon as they split him off from Scarlet, because remember, Scarlet never made her debut on the main roster. Nope. Um, and, uh, and as soon as they came out with him looking, looking like a, um, BDSM porn star, uh, with that fucking mask. Uh, did you hear whose idea that was? No, I didn't. Apparently that was uh, his idea of, but, oh, except... bu- oh, bullshit. No, 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 no. There's no possible way that he would voluntarily go into that mask. No, no, the outfit, the the gladiator outfit. The, he hated the mask. Oh well, the gladiator outfit I could actually appreciate, but the mask. Yeah. No, he don't, no, uh, he hated the mask. Well, I don't blame him. I hated yeah. the mask too. I thought yeah. it was fucking stupid. Yep. You know, and, and I just, I really don't understand the the thought process with WWE. I really don't, um, you know, and and every, of course everybody's gonna you know be in an uproar because they released eighteen people in in one day, and for the majority of these, I don't really see the need to get into an uproar because, you know, I look at it as a positive for every single person that got released. I understand the anger toward WWE regarding releasing some somebody the like of a Keith Lee, the like of an Ember Moon, the like of a Kane Cross. I get it. Because they were stars in the making and it was so easy to see. Um but I you know, WWE, I I honestly I have no answers regarding what the fuck they are doing. I, I they are the most confusing entity in professional wrestling ever. Um, and I would even go as far as to say that if they continue to do this stuff, 
they are going to lose their grip as being the number one company in the world. Because I think AEW is already well on the road to, to surpassing them in that department. So uh, what are your overall thoughts on your on the releases? Did anyone uh, surprise you particularly, or what are your overall thoughts? Yeah, the Amber Moon one, um, the Keith League, the Karen Carlson Scarlet, and like I said, the Harry Smith one, because he had one match, one dark match, and he, he and he gets released even before like he could be, he was put on TV. Like, why, why do you bring this guy in? This is a son of a, a Hall of Famer. Exactly. You know, and like, you bring him in, you have him do a dark match. Even before he makes his TV, TV debut, you release him. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And mm. uh, Hit Row BB5, uh, only because Hit Row just got called up to the main roster. He released B5. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. It really is. Yeah, that, that, that that's not my overall thoughts on all these releases. Uh, those ones are the ones that surprised me. The other ones, <laughs> and the Frankie Money, and the other ones, uh, no, not so much. Yeah, I agree. All right, so um, now we have. My movie list. Actually, uh, before we do that, Ben, I should uh, go back to Tom Moore for a minute because until the fans, what we got next week? Now, I believe you said uh, you won't be around on Saturday. No, I have the last show of the year for Elite. So, so uh, we're moving this to Tuesday, you said? Uh, yeah, you did that. All right, so... um. That's this coming Tuesday, right? Or is that the following Tuesday? Well, no, we have because we had to do this Tuesday because it's a pre-show for a full gear. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, so Tuesday. Um, let me uh, go back to time more because until the fans we have for next week, then well for Tuesday. Of course, I think we're gonna do one. We're gonna do the next episode of Memphis, but we're also gonna do Hulk Hogan's unseen matches from 1991. Cool. Now, Ben, you said uh, it, it's kind of you. You said that you bet it would be hard to find like a handful of uh, unseen matches from the 90s, right? Yeah. These I watched the tape uh, last week. These all took place during 1991 when uh, WWE or WWF was working had a working relationship with uh, Japan, and they they put several shows on in the Tokyo Dome. So cool. that's where all these matches that I come from. Cool. That's awesome. So and actually, I'm gonna fit in a, a movie that I brought up on a previous episode. If you remember, I brought up a movie called The Booker. Yeah, I remember. I might, I might sit down uh, this weekend, check that one out. Then I'll uh, do that on Tuesday as well. Oh, cool! All right. So for movies this week, what did I see? I saw a whole bunch that. Uh, 
just going to pull up the list here. Ellie Lewis watch list. I'm so organized. Oh, God. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. That's, I, a little, that's a little scary. I saw a couple of our wrestling ones on Tubi. I saw, like, the Joey Janela uh, one. I saw Kevin Steen, Canadian Warrior. Uh, I've never even heard of some of these. Well, because they're, they're new, they're released. They were like, uh, they're kind of like um, all their matches from CCW, and they all they were released last year in 2020. Cool. So this one's uh, Kevin Steen, Canadian Warrior. So you can see El Generico in there as well. Oh, well, obviously, yeah. Uh, we, they have an MJF one. Which he, yeah. can just, he can just be quiet. Oh, shut up. <laughs> 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 what? MJF's a man. And then I, I saw Athena War Goddess. Yeah, I think I think you uh, you mentioned that one last yeah. week. Which was, yeah. And then uh, just the other day I was watching Westworld, which I had never seen. I've never heard of that one either. So, Westworld, uh, let me pull up the synopsis for Westworld, because this one, they have a TV show that came out in nineteen in uh, 2016, I believe it was. But, that, and that show was based off of a movie that was released in 1973. So let me take a look here. Westworld. Oh. No, that's the um, show... Yeah, okay, here we go. Westworld. So, a robot malfunction creates havoc and terror for unsuspecting vacationers at a futuristic adult-themed amusement park. Oh, God. And this one stars, uh... Yul Brynner and James Brolin. And you... Okay. You remember He-Man and the Master of the Universe? Yeah. And do you recognize the name Alan Oppenheimer? Yeah. <laughs> who do you, do you know whose voice he did? No, I can't remember, but I recognize the name. He he did Skeletor's voice, so he's in this movie as well. Oh, that's awesome! So that's another one that I watched, and um, actually, uh, just yesterday morning, the good band the other way was on. Which, that one I didn't watch because that's like three hours long. And from 7 a.m. till 10 a.m. No, that's a little much. I'm not giving up at 7 a.m. unless somebody's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What? You went went all dark there, sir. (laughs) And then I saw the Young Bucks uh, Super Cake Brothers. Yeah. And some I'll other you, ones. I'll tell you, I'm just not sold on the Young Bucks. And some other ones I have: Wizard of Oz, Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory. Two classics, two of my favorites. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. All right, own that movie. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Monster House and Hocus Pocus. I never really got the um, the fanfare over Hocus Pocus. You know what? Neither did I. I don't get it. I'm, I'm telling you, um, I believe I, a friend of ours, uh, he's a huge fan of Hocus Pocus. I remember. 
Remember Which one? We, we had uh, Felix on here. Oh, God. Remember we had him on uh, a while back? Yeah. He's a fan of Hocus Pocus. I don't get it. Hocus Pocus to I, me was boring. I'd rather watch Casper. So those are uh, the movies that I watched this week. And uh, like I said, I'm going to check out the Booker. Maybe I might watch it either tonight or tomorrow. Then uh, we'll go... We'll take a look at it on Tuesday. But Ben, our last segment before we close out. Your favorite, Wrestling Roulette. Absolutely. And then I have, um, before we get to Wrestling Roulette, one more one more thing because this news just broke. Oh. So the, the Survivor Series teams for both the men and the women over on Raw and SmackDown have been, rele- have been released. Oh, I saw this. Um, so, the men, the men's team on Raw will feature Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and Dominic Mysterio. Why is why, why is why? That? Why, why, why? Hold on, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. I have a question. Dominic Mysterio just made his debut in his um, debut. Correct. He just started. Yeah, in not the too company. Yeah, during the pandemic. What are you doing already in Survivor Series? Really? I'm assuming that's because of it, Dad. No disrespect, but I'm assuming. I don't know, but still. Come on, that's too early. Yeah, I know. And then, um... And then Team SmackDown consists of Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, uh, King Woods... Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin. Oh my God! Why? Why is I dropped my raisin box? I'm so pissed off. Why in the hell is Baron Corbin on Team Smackdown? Here I was happily munching on a snack, and now I'm all pissed off before my favorite statement on this show. Anyway, uh, here is. Uh, Team SmackDown on the women's side. We got Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, Natalia, and Aaliyah. Um, excuse me. What the hell have Natalia and Aaliyah done recently, or in Aaliyah's case at all, to earn a spot on uh, the SmackDown Survivor Series team? Whereas Team Raw includes. Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, once again, why? Oh, oh my God, this is the weakest Survivor Series women's team I've ever seen. It's um, it's Bianca Belair, not weak. Rhea Ripley, weak. Liv Morgan, weak. Carmella, disgusting. Even though you're on Team Yummy, I appreciate that. Uh, Carmella. And Selena Vega. What in the fuck is this company doing? What I mean, I don't understand this. This is this is supposed to be one of your pay-per-views, one of your biggest pay-per-views of the of the year, and and, and this is your survivor series team. Um, excuse me. Um Excuse me while I sleepwalk through our uh, Survivor Series post-show review uh, coming coming up later this month. 
I might have to skip that one strictly strictly out of protest. And I think I think the fine people of Brooklyn, New York, might fall asleep. But um, what I would really appreciate from the fine people of Brooklyn, New York, is to boo these motherfuckers out of the out of the building. God damn. What, what, what are these what are these fucking decisions? Wow. Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Selena Vega. Are you kidding me? Is that for real? Yes. My God. I'm, I'm so pissed off I'm going falsetto. Oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Okay, make me feel better. Let's play wrestling roulette, please. Okay, uh, just give me one more minute. Just get a look at this one theme that's going to bother me here if I don't find it. Uh, what are you looking for? It's called... Well, I can't tell you because it's actually the first uh, theme. Oh, okay. Well, just t- take your time and... Uh, uh, it's, it's not like we're on air or anything. <laughs> well, of course, we actually are. But, uh... Okay, let's see if it'll pop up this time. I'm not Sorry, sure folks, who... we're dealing with technical issues. I'm not sure whose steam who this is. Okay, you know what? I'm not even going to count it. I'm going to... Okay, fans, we're going to play wrestling right here. I'm going to... Ben, if you get it wrong, I'm not even going to count this because I don't even know whose steam is. And I hate when they do this. Okay. All right, so. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm going to, you know what? I think that's the Body Donna's one. Maybe. All right. Yeah, we're not going to count that. Are you ready? Yep. Oh, before we uh, go on, let me just uh, pull up my notes. Or do you want to keep track of uh, the how many songs we have? We I got have. it. All right. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll do it. Here we go. No, that's an ECW theme, and you. Vicky Guerrero's AEW theme. <laughs> Vicky Guerrero. You're up one nothing. <laughs> well, it's not, that was exactly difficult. Yeah, right? That was like, oh my god. That, that was so hard to guess. Uh, yeah. Here we go. It's a new day. Yes, it is. You want to take a guess? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be taxing off my hair turning gray under my hat. Um, I would really like to see a more serious version of this uh, of this tag team if they're not going to break them up, and that's the new day. The new day. All right, here we go. One of my favorite themes of all time, Randy Orton. Okay, but you know what? 
I think his the one he has with uh, Riddle is stupid because it's just his his theme with Riddle saying "bro" over and over. Yeah. How is that any different? Well, because as as we pointed out laboriously on this podcast, WWE lacks in all creative departments because it's like um, it feels like Vince's genetic jackhammers all shriveled up. Seriously, so we're up three and O, oh, right? Exactly. Sam Lord Tensai. <laughs> that is Lord Tensai. That was terrible. What what were they doing there? Well, well, and they gave it away um, instantly. Who it was, even in the, even in the teases, um, because um, because fans easily picked out one of um, one of his tattoos. So like instantly the character was ruined. It, it, it was it was a terrible gimmick anyway. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The the tattoos on the face haven't worked since Hayabusa. Or Hakushi. Or I think that's that's what I meant. Um. Yeah. Here we go. CM Punk, and I absolutely love that theme. Kill Switch Engage on that theme was absolutely crazy. CM Punk, what are we up to? Five. No, that's uh, actually a retirement. Uh, that's actually a medley. So we're going to play count that one. Yes. <laughs> oh, it was so challenging. <laughs> no, that was like the sounds of my childhood, man. Rey Mysterio, 619. Rey Mysterio. That, that was so much better than the original, or the one he has now. Gold dust. Gold dust. What are these softballs that you're getting? What is going on? <laughs> Excuse the interruption, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Elio had a walk-in. Sorry, uh, we had a bit of a run-in there. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I was covering. I was covering your your blank air. All right, so here, here we go. Next one up. Chris Masters? No. Hmm. I could have sworn. Who was it? 
Hey, do you, do you have any guess? No. We're the world's greatest tag team. Oh. Okay. Alright, so seven and one. Not bad. Batista. Batista. MVP. Sweet Jesus, I have no idea. It's a WCW theme. I still have no idea. Sean Stacia. Wow. We actually follow each other on Twitter and Instagram. Snow? No. Who was it? This, it's Mr. McMahon. No chance in hell. This is Theory of a Dead Man's version. Oh, we're not going to count that. Because that they never played that. That's... that's no. Okay, alright. Is it um, Sergeant Slaughter after he turned heel? No, but that's a good guess. Who was it? It is the Truth Commission. Oh, remind me who was in the Truth Commission. Remember we had the Commandant, and then we had the Jackal, and then we had uh, Kurgan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, nine and two is not that bad. And I think the other one was in was Sniper. Sniper Kurgan, yeah. Right. Dude, I think we played that one already. Does that sound like the world's greatest tag team? No, they sound similar, but no. This is, some, this is a different one. Who was it? King Corbin. Wow. Okay, well, that I don't, I don't blame myself for missing that because King Corbin sucks. Okay, nine and three. Moving on. Uh. 
I have this song on Spotify. It is Evolution, Line in the Sand. Line in the Sand. Um, your guess is as good as mine on that one. I have no idea. Yeah, she said in, in the in the beginning. You got nothing? I'll say hiding, right? It's an AEW theme. It's a wo- it's a woman. Oh my god! Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. The bunny. Beautiful woman, terrible theme. I think all the women have terrible themes. I'm sorry, but they do. Oh no! Because I I, I heard this entire CD and they're all they all sound the same. So the song sounds like just noise. Well, ladies and gentlemen, maybe we should play that clip because, my God, it would embarrass me to be, to be a fan of professional wrestling. Holy shit. God, that's like the intro to a game porter or some shit. Um, it, was, it was buff to stuff bad well. Oh, that, that, that was a terrible theme. But if I never hear that theme ever again, as long as I live, I'm like, this going to be good. <laughs> okay, 11 and 4. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. I think. But here it says Wade Barrett. Okay, but it still counts. Come on now. I'll give it to you. Come on, be fair. I'll give it. Steel. This was uh, this was Eddie's last theme. Yes, I'm your puppy. <laughs> well, in the ring, he certainly was. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure he was Dominic's dad. But no, let, uh, let, let, let me uh, let me see. Um, August 18, 2005, SmackDown came to Toronto. The only good. Part of that show because the whole mad the matches now that I was looking back at it recently, 
matches weren't that great. The only segment that was the best was Eddie Guerrero's promo on Rey Mysterio. Was that was that the one where he was on the ladder with the mask? Yes, I I, I was there. I saw him live. Oh, that's awesome. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. No, we're not playing that one. Oh, off air, I'm gonna have to play one for you. Okay. Karma? Karma. What are we up to? That was number 19. We're 15 and 4. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> the rock. The rock. One more, right? Uh, yeah. Fight me! Rick Steiner, maybe? Nope. Because it said bite me. Alright. Um. I'm not sure. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, no, I would. I wouldn't have gotten every. Alright, 16 and 5. Not bad. Well done, Ben. Alright, what do you see when you show up to a close? Very good. Alright, so this Tuesday? Yes. Okay, and uh, remind me again, what's the title of this this episode? Oh God, uh, the the blade of Black Thursday. All right, very good. All right, so fans, I'm Elio. He's Ben. This has been the PNC Bears Wrestling Podcast. We will talk to you all on Tuesday. Ben, say good night to the fans. See ya, and thanks for listening. We love you guys. Colossal, we come-